This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcasts to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today as it is each week here on American Family Radio. A couple things to mention before we jump into the news of the week out of Washington, D.C., and there is much news, to say the least. We are having a uh, special online event in uh, about a week from the, uh, from this past Thursday, October 8th is the date. That's actually uh, two weeks out. But nonetheless, um, October 8th at 7 p.m., we are having what is called AFA at Home. I will be the MC or the host, and we will have various special guests on the show. We're going to talk about all kinds of topics for about an hour and a half. We're going to have different segments. Um, This is a, a video production and we'll have Sandy Rios from Sandy Rios in the Morning. We'll have David uh, Tim Barton. We will have David and Jason Benham. We'll have Abraham Hamilton III, Star Parker, Dr. Richard Land. So it's going to be a great lineup. We'll talk about various topics that our country is facing and uh, a lot of great voices there to be uh, to, to listen to. So in order to register for AFA at Home, which will air October 8th online, you'll need to visit afaaction.net, afaaction.net. And when you get to the webpage there, you'll just have a pop-up window that asks you for your email address, and then that's all we'll need. All we'll need is your email address to register. And then on October 8th, you'll uh, around 7 p.m. Central, you just go to that website, afaaction.net, and you will be able to uh, watch the uh, Watch the show there. AFA at Home is the name of the show. I'll be the MC or the host. Uh, great to have you on the show, Exposing Washington. As always, you can visit our website, AFR.net. You can also uh, catch our podcast at various locations. You can download the podcast on your, on your iPhone, your Android device. Just type in Exposing Washington in your podcast store. You can subscribe to it there. But you can also download the American Family Radio app. The AFR app is a great way to keep up with uh, our radio network. And the great thing about it is you don't uh, have to have a FM radio signal in your area. You can uh, catch American Family Radio wherever you are as long as you have an Internet connection. So check out the AFR app on your app store. Well, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg from the Supreme Court passed away about a week ago on uh, last Friday, about eight days ago. And 
This uh, came as a surprise in a sense, uh, but at the same time, Justice Ginsburg has been or had been battling various health issues. She's had a couple different bouts with cancer, and uh, so it was surprising in a sense, but yet at the same time, uh, not surprising uh, due to her health struggles. And what this what this does, the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what this does, and it's, this is not news, this is pretty obvious, but it opens up a vacancy on the Supreme Court. A vacancy that President Trump has the opportunity to fill. And this is historic in many ways, but the shape uh, or the the influence that President Trump has been able to have on the, not just the Supreme Court with Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, but also on various federal courts across the country. And this gives President Trump the opportunity to appoint a third Supreme Court justice just in his first term as president. And I have to give props to Senator Mitch McConnell, the majority leader, and various other Republican senators for pledging to move forward with a confirmation vote before the election on President Trump's nominee. We will know who President Trump nominates as of this Saturday, as of this evening, Saturday night. We will know who President Trump picks to be on the Supreme Court. And before I get into some of the names that have been circulating and talk about them, we have to understand that this opportunity that presents itself could shape the outcome or the future of various issues that we as Christians care very deeply about. And the first and and most important by far is the issue of human life. The issue of whether or not, and we know the answer to this, but I'm speaking legally here, whether or not as a country we will recognize that human life begins at conception. And it's, it's honestly a shame, to put it mildly, that we even have to debate courts about when life begins. And we, we've had millions of babies murdered in their mother's womb over the past 40-plus years, ever since Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided at the Supreme Court. We've had millions of babies die. And it's a huge stain and sin on our country. The next Supreme Court justice could be the deciding vote on a case 
in the future, in the near term, that could undermine or overturn Roe versus Wade. And for that matter, the Supreme Court could overturn other decisions that were decided wrongly. But Roe versus Wade is, is by far the most important. A couple names that have been mentioned for this position, and we'll find out here in a few hours, but let me just mention three that seem to be the top, the front runners. Judge Barbara Lagoa, U.S. Court of Appeals, 11th Circuit. There's another judge, Judge Rushing. And Rushing, I believe, is with the Fourth Circuit, I believe, may have that wrong. And then lastly, there's Judge Amy Coney Barrett, and Judge Barrett is at the Seventh Circuit. Now, when you do a flyover, a flyover analysis of these three judges, these three potential nominees, for the most part, they all look good. There are a few concerns about Lagoa and about rushing, and I'll mention those, and then we'll move on to Amy Coney Barrett, who is by far my favorite potential nominee. As you know, President Trump's judicial nominees do not get many Democrat votes in the Senate. And Judge Lagoa doesn't really have a long history of rulings that we can analyze or look at. But not only that, Judge Lagoa received votes from 27 Democrats in the Senate. 27 Democrats voted for Judge Barbara Lagoa for the 11th Circuit. To me, that is concerning. Only because other Trump nominees to similar positions hardly received any Democrat votes. So what is it about Judge Lagoa that is worthy of 27 Democrats supporting her? And I really don't know the answer to that. I just know this. It's concerning. Judge Rushing with the Fourth Circuit, one red flag that I've discovered on her resume, if you will, is her, on her questionnaire, on her Senate questionnaire from when she was approved for the current position that she's in, she disclosed that she volunteered on a Democratic campaign. She volunteered for a uh, Democrat who was running for the Maryland House of Delegates, Sam Aurora, 2009. Why she 
campaigned for a Democrat who was pretty closely connected to Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, why she campaigned for them and volunteered, rather, um, is a question I have that hasn't been answered. So that is concerning. The, the last nominee, potential nominee, that I want to mention is Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Judge Amy Coney Barrett has a stellar, rock-solid record when it comes to respecting the Constitution and original intent. And so if it's up to me, I'm picking Judge Amy Coney Barrett. But it's not up to me. It's up to President Trump. Judge Amy Coney Barrett currently sits on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. And so we'll find out in a little while who President Trump picks. But that's a a, a rather brief rundown of what we have on the table. And so we shall find out. All that to say, any judge of those three I just mentioned will be better when it comes to their record and their ruling and their philosophy than Judge uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. By far. But if you ask me who I like, I like Judge Amy Coney Barrett. But we shall find out who President Trump picks. Moving on to a couple, a couple other uh, topics, and by the way, I'll post all that information I just went through. I'll try to post some of it on my podcast page at AFR.net. You know, we, we've known this all along, that the Democrats are willing to impeach and remove President Trump no matter what. But we just haven't had them admit it yet until just this week. Nancy Pelosi, we're going to play clip one here in a minute. Nancy Pelosi goes on to, on, on, on television and, and admits that, well, you know, we really can impeach President Trump for just about anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be high crimes or misdemeanors. Let's listen. We can impeach him every day of the week for anything he does. In fact, for right. 200,000 people dying. Well, because, look, the American people want to know what we're doing that affects them directly. Well, there you have it. Nancy Pelosi admits or claims that we can impeach President Trump any day of the week for any reason that we want. Well, the reality is, is no, you can't. No, you cannot. The Constitution is clear that impeachment is intended for high crimes or misdemeanors, which is pretty specific. But Nancy Pelosi there claims that we can just impeach the president no matter what. And if we could impeach the president no matter what, then we should just impeach every president, the opposing party that is. Republicans should have impeached President Obama. Democrats should have impeached President Bush. Republicans should have impeached Bill Clinton. Oh, well, they did because he lied under oath. But you get the point. According to the Democrats who don't understand or appreciate the Constitution, 
According to the Democrats, they can impeach a president for whatever reason they want. And by having that philosophy, you are clearly ignoring what the Constitution says about impeachment. But do we really expect the Democrats to respect and obey and follow the Constitution? Absolutely not, because they haven't done it for a while now. They have a complete disregard for the Constitution, despite what they claim and what they say. And as I've said before, here is the Democrats' strategy. They blame President Trump for everything that they're guilty of. They say he doesn't respect the Constitution. It's actually Democrats who don't respect the Constitution. Let's listen to clip three. This is Senator Elizabeth Warren talking about how she thinks that President Trump is, well, flirting with treason. Let's listen. Let's start with Donald Trump. When Donald Trump says that he is not necessarily going to accept the will of the voters, he's flirting with treason. He's saying peaceful transition of power doesn't matter to him. All that matters to him, once again, is Donald Trump and whatever Donald Trump wants. Well, there you have it, Senator Elizabeth Warren. By saying that President Trump may not accept the results of the election, the will of the people, he is flirting with treason, Elizabeth Warren says. (laughs) It's the Democrats who still haven't accepted the results of the 2016 election. You see what they did there? It's Democrats who are currently actively plotting to not accept the results of the 2020 election No matter what, it is Hillary Clinton that said, well, just a few weeks ago, and we played it on the show, that Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstance. So it's the Democrats that have a historical, historically hard time accepting the results of the election that they don't like the outcome of. But President Trump's the problem, right? President Trump is the problem, and he might as well be committing treason, they say. Keep an eye on this as we move into the coming weeks and months because this is, this is their strategy. <laughs> they are so non-original that all they do is blame President Trump and the Republicans and us conservatives. They blame us for the very things that they themselves are responsible for. I want to play another clip here. This is uh, clip two. And, you know, my dad, Tim Wildman, has been saying for uh, at least a month now or longer that this upcoming week, Joe Biden will try, his campaign staff will try to get him out of the debate. He will try to come up with some excuse to not debate President Trump. Well, Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, is openly encouraging Joe Biden to do what? Not debate President Trump. 
clip two. Let's listen. Tuesday is a big debate, the first debate between the two of them, between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. You had earlier suggested that you didn't think Biden should debate. Do you still feel that way? I, I do. Not that I don't think he'll be excellent. I just think that the president has no fidelity to fact or truth. And actually, in his comments the last few days, no fidelity to the Constitution of the United States. He and his henchmen are a danger with their comments, are a danger to our democracy. So I don't want to give him, you know, why bother? You know, he doesn't tell the truth. He isn't committed to our Constitution. Well, there you have it. Nancy Pelosi admits and says and encourages Joe Biden to not debate President Trump. And this is a a play where Nancy Pelosi claims that, well, you know, President Trump just doesn't respect the Constitution. Many times they've called him President Trump illegitimate. But in reality, they don't want Joe Biden to debate President Trump because Joe Biden just doesn't have it all together, to put it broadly. Joe Biden is just not capable, I believe, of participating in a 90-minute debate with President Trump. And I'm not just saying this because I like him, but President Trump, he owns the media. He is a master of the media. He knows how to handle the media. That's what he's been doing pretty much his entire adult life, is handling the media, even when he was a businessman. So this is not about the Democrats just don't like Trump, therefore we're not going to debate Trump. This is about the reality that Joe Biden is going to have a hard time getting through a 90-minute debate with President Trump. Why? Because that takes stamina and that takes mental performance at a higher degree. And we all know that's going to be a struggle for Joe Biden. So Nancy Pelosi carrying the water for Joe Biden, trying to get him out of the debate. But we're only less than a week away from the debate, so if the Democrats are going to back out, it's going to have to be soon. And despite the risk of a Joe Biden debate with President Trump, I think it's more risky to not debate. Because how does it look when you Say you want to be president, but you won't debate the current president. And here's what I would do if I were Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and President Trump. Here's what I would do. 
If Joe Biden does not want to debate President Trump this week, this this upcoming week, if Joe Biden backs out of the first debate, then President Trump's nominee to the Supreme Court will have no hearings in the Judiciary, Judiciary Committee. There will be no debating between the president's SCOTUS nominee and the Senate Judiciary Committee. Instead, we will fast-track the nominee to the floor of the Senate for a vote next week. That should be the bargaining chip that Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump use against the Democrats and Joe Biden if they don't have the decency to debate the President of the United States. That puts it squarely on the shoulders of Joe Biden. and would be a brilliant move by the president and Mitch McConnell. If Joe Biden won't debate the president, then we will not have hearings and we will vote on President Trump's Supreme Court nominee within a week. That would drive the Democrats crazy. But see, that's what we need to do. We need to outflank the Democrats. That's one thing Republicans have an awful hard, awfully hard time doing is playing offense and outflanking the Democrats. Instead, they play from behind. Now, the White House is another case. President Trump and the White House, they actually do a pretty good job staying on offense, controlling the messaging. But Republicans, man... In Congress, they just have the hardest time playing offense. They're always defending their positions. Always on defense. Always on their heels. It's about time we put the Democrats on defense. It's about time the Democrats have to start defending their actions and their positions. The Democrat Party, this is probably the worst group of losers I've seen since I've been keeping up with politics. Let me say it better this way. They are the sorest losers I've ever seen when it comes to competition. The the Democrats cannot handle being defeated. So what are they doing? They're threatening to tear down the American system of democracy and freedom that we have. Why? Because they're not in control right now. Can you imagine if every minority party threatened to destroy our system of government? Exposing Washington American Family Radio. We'll be back next week. Check out our website, AFR.net.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.